0: This is the Risky Mix podcast, where we speak with
1: those people changing the mix in the insurance industry, sharing their personal journeys, their inspirational stories, and answering the questions we all want answered. You're listening to Raj
0: and Katie.
1: We really hope you enjoyed
0: this week's episode.
1: Today, we're speaking to Natalie Summerson and Evie Plum from Canada Life. Natalie has had a successful career in the protection industry gaining account management experience across a number of major insurers including Scottish Provident and Aviva. Natalie is currently Head of Sales for Individual Protection at Canada Life. She's a passionate advocate of diversity in the workplace, particularly in recruiting new talent and that brings me to our second guest. With no prior experience in insurance, Evie's already made her mark in the almost two and a half years she's been with Canada Life, where she's now a strategic account manager. Welcome to the podcast, Natalie and Evie. Thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you. To get us started, Natalie, could I ask you what drove you to embark on your career? Yeah. So when I was a a young girl, I always had an aspiration to become a teacher and Mm -hmm. uh, my aspiration of going into teaching was largely driven by my passion for science. However, uh, when I was 12, unfortunately, my parents lost their home or lost our home in the financial crash of the oh, late 80s, wow. early 90s. And um, and what happened as a result of that is that we moved to a council flat in uh, East London. Okay. Um, I continued with my... Uh, uh, with my school and I left school at 16 with 10 GCSEs, grades A and B. In today's money that's a, a seven or an eight um, <laughs> and um, and I went on to college uh, where I studied uh, biology, chemistry and psychology still with the aspiration of becoming a, a science teacher. Right. Um, however after a year um, the lure of um, of earning my own money became a little bit too much. Having Mm -hmm. come from a a, a poorer background, um, I I desperately wanted to go on holiday and and, uh, spend money with my friends. And uh, and so I decided to to quit college. And um, my first job was as an office junior for a a financial services company in um, North London. And um, it was there, really, that I learned about business. Mm-hmm. Um, I think today, uh, the young people obviously learn a lot about, uh, you know, how to uh, use computers. But in those days, we're talking over 20 years ago, that, that, that type of experience wasn't available mm-hmm. throughout your education. Mm-hmm. So I, I cut my teeth. Um, and um, after about eight months, I left there and I joined um, uh, the World of Insurance uh, in regards to uh, Provider World, uh, and I had my first job as a, a sales support coordinator at Scottish Provident. Mm-hmm. And that was quite interesting because uh, all of these sales support agents were uh, female bar one. Oh, right. Um, oh, yeah. And all of the uh, account managers, strategic account managers, were all male bar one uh, oh. lady. And um, what I found is that um, the the... The people that worked within the organisation were very, very supportive um, and that I was incredibly inquisitive and I wanted to know how everything worked and, um, you know, how the distributors at the IFAs uh, wanted to be looked after. Um, and I'd always put my hand up and say, oh, can I go out and see some of these distributors mm-hmm. with these, you know, and, and, and I was very much supported in doing that. I got my big break about 15 months later, so at this point I was just 19. Um, And uh, that big break came with one of our very large accounts um, in London asking for me to be their account manager, Um, much to the upset of the two account managers that looked (laughs) after them at the time, but but that was my uh, my big break. And um, uh, I went on from there uh, for a, a number of years, Uh, And carried on building my experience um, working with distributors, some really large distributors. Mm. Uh, Really enjoyed what I did. And then I had my daughter uh, in 2006. Okay. And so I took the year off, um, as as many people would like to do, I'm sure. Um, I enjoyed that time, but at the end of that one year, I wasn't ready to go back to work full time. Right. So, Uh, And bear in mind, this is 2007. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I asked whether it would be possible to do some flexible uh, hours or maybe job share with somebody, and that that was refused. uh, But this is 2007. Right. Very, very different world that we live in today. Um, So I um, resigned, and um, I spent another year at home with my daughter. Mm -hmm. And then I got itchy feet. (laughs) Uh, Then I got itchy feet, and... um, you know, sort of playing with play doh became a little bit too much for me, <laughs> and uh, and I was in again a fortunate position that one of my good friends who I'd previously worked with at Scottish Provident uh, had moved on to uh, AXA, and there was a vacancy, okay. and um, I went for the interview. I was, uh, I got the job. I decided to leave uh, the wonderful uh, AXA um, about three and a half years after joining. The reason I decided to leave is I'd stopped learning and I'd stopped developing. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't feel that there was anything more that business could give to me. Um, um, I wanted to increase my breadth of knowledge across the wider business Mm -hmm. and and not just in sales, which I was pretty good at sales. Um, And so I moved to Aviva um, and it was at Aviva that I was really afforded the opportunity to really learn about the other function areas of the business. So for example, the the actuarial function, uh, our underwriting, our risk teams, uh, our group business. Um, And it really, really gave me a flavor um, of, um, especially being part of large projects, uh, of really what goes into a business, which Mm -hmm. I felt then gave me that really broad spectrum and rounded Made me a much more rounded person, um, and and that's what propelled me on to apply for the job at Canada Life, right. uh, because I actually felt eighty percent know. ready yes. to yeah. do the role. Okay, and 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 because I felt eighty percent ready that, that I could tick all the boxes of what was required, yeah. uh, I allowed myself to apply for the role, and uh, I was successful. I
0: think that's a really interesting I point because we've yeah. been speaking to. Um, a couple of people in the recruitment space and they tend to say when it comes to women we, we go for roles when we can tick those boxes yes. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of men will kind of just chance it go, you know, <laughs> go for it when they've ticked a few yeah, um, so that's yeah, yeah it's just, just resonated with, with yeah. what you said there.
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, it, it did take a lot for me to apply for the role right. um, and, um, and it is because I went through that can I tick this one can mm. I tick that can, can I really evidence that I've done yeah. this really yeah. well and um, and I felt confident enough to go for it, yeah. um, but but only just. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, only just.
1: It's really interesting because i um, I've spoken to my other half about this because you know he recently moved roles and um, he. We were just sort of discussing our different experiences around this, and he said, "Oh, you know, um, when when I apply for a role, if I can tick all the boxes, it means if I move into that role, I'm not going to learn anything." And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you want to mm-hmm. be able to go, oh, yeah, I can do about 50% and this other stuff. Well, I've got the skills and abilities to grow into that. Yeah. But if I, if I can already do it, then what's the point sure. in, in going for it? Which I thought was a really interesting perspective. Yeah, is, definitely. Yeah. So the industry is definitely trying to make a push to increase diversity um, in, in various businesses across the sector. What What are your thoughts on how we can best achieve that, that change within the
2: industry? Yeah. So, so my personal view is that we should be encouraging a, young talent uh, into our our sector Uh, because if we don't do that we will end up really dying out quite Mm. frankly Mm. and we have to think about who our customers are and who the next generation of customers are and who better to uh, to help us to understand how they purchase and what's important to them than actually having these young people within your business to actually be able to uh, help you shape and scope your proposition and, and your distribution. Um, so I think it's, uh, it's really important that we encourage young people, not necessarily f- with a financial services background, not necessarily with experience. The most important thing for me is the, um, is the drive,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, the resilience piece, because in distribution you have to be incredibly resilient, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. otherwise you'd be probably quite upset at times. <laughs> um, and um, it's about attitude and yeah. want, because everything else can be taught so technical skills can be taught, but attitude can't. So it's bringing people in with the right attitude and saying to them that insurance and financial services is not boring. Mm-hmm. It could be really exciting. Amazing.
0: And um, so that, I guess, brings us nicely on to uh, Miss Evie. Um, so So tell us a bit more about how you how you kind of recruited sure. Evie and, and that whole process because sure. that's quite an unusual story, isn't it?
2: Yes, so I, I went through the usual channels of um, going through recruitment agents and I saw some, some talented individuals but they didn't feel quite right for our business because our business was a, a new startup product line so okay. albeit we're a very, very established business our, our particular product line and individual protection was a new startup. Okay. so I felt that we needed a, a slightly different approach and after having gone through the usual recruitment 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 agencies. I decided that uh, I'd I'd put a a, a note out on um, on Facebook, and um, and so I had a a number of responses uh, from friends and uh, colleagues across the industry that I'm friends with, and um, and I got a wonderful uh, email. Um, with a CV that I actually didn't take too much notice of, Evie, apologies. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the covering email that Evie sent to me, uh, sort of explaining why she'd like to have a conversation with me, um, made me really, really smile. Right. And um, What
0: was in there? What made you smile?
2: It was just the way it was written. Okay. It, You know, and I can't remember it word for word, unfortunately, but um, but it was just the way it was written, and I felt that immediately she had something that, right. that, that I wanted. And, um, and, uh, we then arranged a, a call. Um, we had a, uh, we had a call over yep. the phone and again, uh, I just came off that call and thought she's, she's great. Mm. At this point I still really hadn't looked at the CV <laughs> and, um, yeah. uh, and, uh, and then we met, face to face and, um, yeah, again, just incredibly passionate, incredibly articulate, driven. Uh, anyone that can run a marathon is driven. Um, and um, um, I offered her the job and she accepted, which was fantastic. So, um, so yeah, that was my recruitment story of, uh, uh, of Evie.
1: So how, what advice do you have for other, like, young school leavers, um, people in high school, mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of what they're looking for? And what attracted you to, I mean, what was it about Natalie's particular pitch yeah. that that hooked you because you know ideally that would be something that we could do all the time, get people like you in the industry. Imagine yeah. just cloning you over and over again. Be like, <laughs> flying. Oh God, <laughs> um,
3: I think when I when I left school I really didn't know what I was gonna do and I did feel a bit worried that everybody I felt everybody knew what they wanted to do apart from me. Um, and I did an apprenticeship um, in business administration. I worked for a recruitment company um, and I wasn't sure I wanted to to carry on at college um and the boss at the time um said you know you are you've got more potential I don't want you to just stay not learning I'm gonna can we do an apprenticeship can you as part of your role and I thought you know I may as well go for it they're offering me an opportunity so I did that and I think that really sort of um gave me that um Sort of underlying experience with just general um, office etiquette,
2: yeah. how
3: you how you speak to um, individuals, how you liaise with different types of people within mm. the business. You know, everybody is important. All yeah, all that kind of underlying experience. I think you, I wouldn't have got at university, mm. um, and I you know I didn't go to university because I didn't know what I wanted to do and I think going to school leave is saying it doesn't matter if you don't know what you want to do you mm-hmm. can try out different options you don't have to go to university university is fantastic but if you don't know what you're you're going to do it, it yeah. can be hard because you feel you know it's really hard to put passion and energy into something that you have that you don't want to do that you don't know that you want to do so i think just having that it doesn't you know getting experience i think is there's no harm trying trying jobs that you think you know if you're not going to be sure about it it, you know if you don't try you're not going to know and i think that's what i felt with natalie you know i had the experience of the sales yes it was a totally different industry but i thought i can give it all i've got Mm -hmm. you know if there's if there's things on there that are jumping out for me mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna yeah. go and try it mm-hmm. and i think um i thought gave that kind of well you know I've, I've got nothing to lose at the time i wasn't particularly progressing in my current role i thought well i need to look for something else let's hope it works um and i i sort of thought took that approach of you know it didn't harm if i if i didn't like it i could have gone somewhere else mm-hmm. but just yeah trying new things i think and putting yourself out there a little bit yeah thanks Evie yeah. And, and also thinking
0: kind of a step further then so actually in the workplace so yeah. any kind of younger women who are listening into this mm-hmm. and thinking well Evie's such an inspiration and I want to take you know some of the things that she's done what kind of pieces of advice would you give to to young women working in the industry who want to either build their
3: profile or just get better at what they're doing? Yeah, I think um, asking um, maybe to shadow, shadow people within the business is a good way of learning. Um, put, I think really is, yeah, putting yourself out there and saying, yeah. look, um, I'm, you know, really interested in what you've been doing in marketing. I'm really interested in what you've been doing in this part of the business. Can I come and shadow you mm. or asking to go and maybe spend a day of just observing and seeing what, what it is mm. they do. Um, meeting everybody in the business, it's always good to try and say hello to everybody and, you know, make sure that, every, you know, if you, if people know who you are, make sure you know who they are or vice yeah, versa. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, even if you're never going to speak, speak to them again, it's nice to meet new people and I think really make an effort, even if you're in the canteen making a coffee or whatever, wherever yeah. you are, it's really good to sort of, you know, try and try yes. and introduce yourself, um, helping other aspects of business, even if it doesn't particularly fall into your area, going in and saying, look, can I help with this or can I get involved with this? Mm-hmm. I think lots of businesses don't just have, it's not just within the workplace, it could be different events they're doing, yeah. you yep. know, whether yeah. it's social, social clubs or where they've got, you know, mental health day, they had a kind of life where all the different types of business uh, people in the business get involved, all different types of um, areas of the business. It is good to communicate, I think, and really get to know get to know everyone. Could we
1: link that back to, to your experience, Natalie? So you said that you had your big break around 19. Yes. What was it that made that, um, that, that client pick you as opposed to the other account managers?
2: I uh, spent a lot of time in our offices mm. um, because um, it was back in the day before you had the, um, the online application, we used to have an offline application and so uh, i.e paper <laughs> if, anyone, if anyone remembers those days so paper um, and i used to go i'd go in there and i'd spend time with the advisors helping with their application forms and um and actually what happened is is uh, one christmas um the two account managers that managed this very large account together uh, decided they couldn't make one of their events so i went instead and um, it was two days after that that the directors of this particular firm uh, uh, put a call into what uh, was the sales director at the time and, uh, and requested that, that they, they had me as their account manager because the advisors felt that they got a much better service and they were right. really looked after. Right. But again, I think it very much comes down to, as Evie was saying, about um, you know going round to other people within the business and external businesses, our clients, and really getting an understanding of what they do and how they want to be dealt with, how they want to be looked after. And, and you need to be adaptable to be able to respond to that.
1: Mm.
2: And um, and that's that's what makes a difference. But I was given a mentor at the time. So okay. I had a mentor okay. um, within the business to help me and guide me. And I think that is the most important bit. Right. That is the most mm-hmm. important piece. Um, it, it does mean you're giving... You know, As a mentor, you, you give your time to somebody else, um, as Evie now does with Molly, as Molly has done with some of the other young ladies that have now joined our group risk um, sales team. Um, it does involve giving people time. Yeah. And um, I think that's, that's really, really important. One of the other things I'd like to say is, um, as a female in this industry, it's not always easy, um, but surround yourself with a network. Mm. Um, it's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, have a good network around you. I, I've I've got some very very good friends who are in this industry, male and female, um, and they will specifically the females are very open. If you've got a problem, I will go to one of them and say I've got a problem here. What do you think I should do? And they will help me. Mm-hmm. And vice versa, I'll do exactly the same for them. And don't. I think the biggest thing here is don't be afraid to to ask your peers across within your own business and externally for support when you need it. Because everybody has different levels of experience, knowledge, ways of dealing with things. And if that can help you to develop and be be a better manager or be a better person or be better at distribution or mm. marketing or whatever, then then take that. Don't don't be afraid to ask other people for advice.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's really valuable advice. I think we can definitely work together more to kind of support each other through the tough times and, and build each other yeah. up, right? So Natalie, you've um, you've spoken about the value of having a network uh, as a woman, and you know are there any are there any networks in particular that you find useful and that other women in the industry sure. can get involved in?
2: Sure. So uh, there there is one that I'm very passionate about, and that's the Women in Protection Network that was set up by Emma Thompson and Rose St. Louis and Catherine Trimble uh, a number of years ago. That that network has has grown and grown and grown. And personally, what I find uh, is is by having being part of that network is is the vast support that that sits within within uh, the individuals. Um, they are incredibly supportive uh, ladies and men. We're not limited to women yeah. only, <laughs> um, but um, it gives a really good view of um, not just. Um, those that work in insurance but, but also those distributors and marketing and uh, all, different, um, all different other sectors really that, that, that can come in and help us to add value uh, to ourselves and, and to our businesses.
1: Great. I think that's all that we've got time for today. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for, for joining us, both of you. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. It's been a
2: pleasure to be on. Thank, thank you. you very much. Yeah,
3: thank you for having us. Thanks, ladies. Thank, thank you.
0: Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do so via our Twitter account at Riskymix. We'd love to hear your thoughts and questions. And if you know any inspirational women in the industry who you think would be great for the Risky Mix podcast, please get in touch. See you next week.